I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So actually, the government is even, they are even more worried about changing the CPF system more than we hate it. With every change, their electorate will get very upset, right? Politically expensive. Right. Even this uh, special account being removed, in that few seconds, when that chat group that I was in became ballistic, there were already people saying like, the next election, we are not going to vote for the PAP, you know, and all that, right? Welcome to the Alternative Budget Debate. I'm your host, Reggie, a.k.a. Your Chief Financial Coconut, and I am joined with a astute panel. I think this is the most serious one. Uh. So, <laughs> The past few is, uh, you know, we have a different, different person. This one is all very professional. Uh, so yeah, maybe you want to start, introduce yourself for audience that don't know you. Hi everyone, my name is Chris and I'm the CEO of Provident. Uh, we are a fee-only wealth advisory firm and we advise people on their personal wealth matters. I'm Shamsia. I'm the uh, currently CEO of Pragas Investment Holdings. Uh, we do financial advisory for the Muslims on Sharia compliant products. Awesome. And- Hi, I'm another Chris, Christopher <laughs> Gee. I am the Deputy Director and Senior Research Fellow at the Institute of Policy Studies, where my research focuses on the economic life cycle. Uh, and, you know, when we think about it, you know, what exactly does the economic life cycle mean? It's focusing on the investments that we make in ourselves over our life course. And it's looking at things like housing, healthcare, retirement adequacy, which is, I think, yeah, the subject yeah, of yeah. our conversation today. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for explaining for the layman. <laughs> At first, when I was like, economic life cycle, whoa, 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 what's, what's this? What's this? Yeah, yeah. So we will have a good discussion because I think retirement is a, is a growing concern for a lot of people, right? Mm. Uh, whether is it the changing aspirations of retirement for the younger generation or whether is it things are getting expensive or a general sense of anxiety for for a myriad of reasons, right? Things are what it is, right? And I think recently there's been some changes to uh, the CPF structure, CPF system, right? And the internet went crazy, right? About, mm. about this CPF shielding thing. So uh, by the time this goes out, it'll be a bit late already. But what mm. do you have to say for, for CPF shielding? By the time this goes out, maybe the emotions have all settled. Yeah, yeah. People maybe more settled. Unhappy. Relax, really, relax. Well, I guess people are unhappy because the special account has been taken away from them. Mm. Uh, or rather, when they turn 55 years old, the special account will be taken away from them. And in the past, what happens is that just before you turn 55 years old, you can actually prevent your special account money from being taken and put into your retirement account by investing it out just before you turn 55. And then after your 55th birthday, you can sell the investments and put it back into your special account and you get a good 4% plus liquidity. I mean, that's very good because um, it is very difficult to find instruments out there that can give you guaranteed capital, guaranteed interest rate, and you can take out anytime uh, you want, right? So I think a lot of people have been doing that over the past years. They issue their special account. But I guess the government realized that this is a loophole. Mm. And so they decided that once a person turns 55 years old, the money gets transferred to the RA, 
and then they will close the special account. And whatever monies they are left in the special account, uh, it will be transferred to the OA. Mm. So now they cannot get 4%. Mm. They can only get 2.5%, which is 1.5% lesser. Mm. So of course, people went ballistic. They are unhappy about it. But I think that it is the right move because the people who are really affected are the people that are affluent. Mm. right? Because it is only the people who are high income earner that will see so much of their money in SA mm. that can be shielded. But the primary purpose of CPF is not to provide a high interest liquidity account to the affluent, right? <laughs> I mean, the purpose of CPF is to ensure that Singaporeans, especially the lower to middle household, they can have their basic retirement met, mm. right? Mm. So that's the objective of the CPF schemes. And I think by doing that, I think CPF board is just going back to their primary objective of taking care of the basic retirement of Singaporeans. Okay, okay, fair. I, I hear you. It's, it's, it's like a system change over time type, type of situation, right? But just to kind of push that a little bit, right? Mm. But what's so bad about then more Singaporeans, you know, although they're wealthy, they mm. put money in CPF and mm. then they just kind of let CPF, you know, essentially buy the government securities, right? And mm. then government securities and continue mm. to invest as a collective. What's so problematic about it? It's not there's anything bad. Of course, it's good. I mean, if it's available, then you use it. But it's, I, I guess, and I'm not from the government, so I cannot yeah. speak for them. It's really about them going back to their original purpose, mm. right? Of making sure that Singaporeans out there, especially those with lesser resources, they can be taken care of. And from an investment standpoint, to get 4%, guaranteed in terms of return and you will never lose your capital and yet you have full liquidity is actually not sustainable mm. right i mean i do investment for i mean I'm a, i i i manage funds for my clients and it will be very difficult for me today if i have a fund that my clients can take out anytime and i still have to give them four percent mm. guaranteed and they cannot lose their capital mm. so i think it's just not sustainable. I, I do not know how GIC can do it. Uh, but I guess at some point, yes, we'll stop. Fair, fair, fair. A anything to add on this, Chris? Yeah, I think it's underpinned by this idea of fairness, right? So it's not about operational possibility. Because it, it, on that front, he, he's saying that if, if there's a lot of expense that keeps going out, capital outflow, because the 4% you can just draw down, hmm. that's not the primary concern. I mean, what you're saying is that it's about fairness, it's about the moral ground. Is that kind of where it is? Of doing so. Um, and there's also another aspect of um, protection of that retirement account money, right? These funds in the special account are there for your retirement. You set up a retirement account uh, for that person's retirement, 10 years, 17 years, whenever, right? But sometime in the future. If you have that in a liquid bucket, right? You can take it anytime uh, you want. You're exposing that person to the vagaries of the market. You're exposing that person to the vagaries of their own personal financial decision-making, which may not always be the best, mm -hmm. right? And it could be that person who is relatively well-off because they are well-off enough to be able to do this kind of shielding in the first place. Um, is then exposed to some setbacks that mean that they don't have as much as they would have wanted to have when they actually do retire at the end of the day. So I think it's this also has the effect of saving us from ourselves, mm, right? Mm. Our lesser motivations. Mm. Why are you doing this shielding in the first place? Mm. Why are you doing that? 
Uh, and it is somewhat, uh, I would suggest, and I think um, uh, Christopher Tan will agree, um, is that it kind of went against the motivation of the whole system in the first place, which is to provide that retirement adequacy for Singaporeans, mm, right? Mm. Of all, all levels, uh, for these more uh, better resourced um, uh, persons, uh, Singaporeans, well, uh, provide enough mm. to cater for whatever they saved up up to that point, right? Mm. Up to 55. Okay, I, I think just to add on, already, yes, please, on please, this, uh, yeah. as a rejoinder, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I agree that, you know, the retirement account is, yeah, for you to retire and you have enough money at the end of the day. But again, that uh, that special account and the returns and the guarantee that you provide, it is something that I think the government can maybe think about a product where it will benefit Singaporean, which may not be in CPF, but for example, in Malaysia, you have this Amana Saham mm. that they have created many funds. Amana Saham 1, Amana Saham 2, Amana Saham Bumi Putra, where it is... A, I don't say a cap, uh, guaranteed return, but the return is way very high. Mm. Uh, they're giving like 6%, 7%. Uh, it's guaranteed capital. And the option is for their, their Malaysians. So maybe a, a Singapore, you know, kind of funds that, you know, cater for Singaporean and to encourage them to save actually. Mm. And there are many out there who are financially not savvy. Mm. And they rely on the government sometimes. It's very, mm. a very safe, you know, way of uh, kind of savings for them to put in. I know there's Singapore bonds and so on, but it's giving very small return. But uh, I'm not sure that all Singaporeans are aware of uh, such system. Yeah, fair, fair. So maybe there's a, you know, outlet out there for them to actually put in their money <laughs> instead of in special account. Yeah, no, as in, I think there's a valid point in saying that, okay, so if the government wants to set up a system, right, to mm. support us for our retirement, mm. why not you just take the whole thing? You know what I mean? Like, why not you just take the whole thing and you just give me that 5 6% yeah. and I will jolly well, you know? <laughs> they can, uh, which is found in the RA uh, because yeah. 4% is what they term as long-term interest rate, mm. right? And to deliver 4%, 5%, uh, it's not that it's impossible. It's just that uh, you cannot allow liquidity, mm. right? Because if you allow liquidity, it's actually very difficult to deliver that 4 to 5% plus. Uh, the difference between special account and the rest of the investment is that it's not mark-to-market. I mean, you don't, you don't experience... You don't have market risk. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. experience the volatility. Yes, right? yes. So it's actually very difficult to create a product that allows someone that uh, you want to withdraw anytime that you want and still get 4 to 5% guaranteed. But if you are able to stay long term, mm. then yes, that is the retirement account. Uh. Mm. Yeah, and you know, ten years ago, I was uh, part of the CPI advisory panel. We did discuss a potential product that uh, the government can actually do for everyone. Mm. Uh, it's long forgotten. Uh, <laughs> long forgotten. Yeah, because I mean, long forgotten as in and better uh, in all sorts of other priorities. I'm sure the government remembers <laughs> it, but I say long forgotten because. Uh, we have not been talking about it. It's called LRIS, uh, which stands for Lifetime Retirement in, uh, Income Scheme, mm. LRIS. And the idea then was that, look, today people can have an option to use the CPA investment scheme to invest. But most of the time, they invest in very expensive actively yeah. managed funds. Why don't the government be the mm. aggregator, yeah. right? And then they appoint a fund manager like a Vanguard or a BlackRock or a low-cost index fund provider 
and then have that contract with this fund manager and say, okay, look, I'm going to pass you this amount of money. You're going to invest it at this fee. But it is still investing into the securities market. It's still investing into the equities market. And CPM members must then take the mark-to-market volatility risk, right? Mm. But not everybody understands that. And I can understand there is a political risk because just imagine the government set up uh, this LRIS 10 years ago or maybe five years ago. And then we go through the 2022 market oh, yeah. uh, downturn, 21%. <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine now yeah. another check group be very upset yeah. and say, what are you doing with my money? Why you lose investments, money? Right? I'm going to retire in three years. Uh. Yeah, so it's very tough. <laughs> even not your money, they make noise because the masik yeah. get the heat. <laughs> yeah, even today, if it's not their money, you're absolutely yeah, right, yeah, right? Yeah, people yeah. are really complaining. Yeah, One year of bad return, people are really complaining, right? I, I, I guess the difficulty today, if I'm the one pushing for RIS, the difficulty for me would be, how do I educate CPM members so that they know that they should ignore the short-term volatility and stay invested for the long term. Mm. These instruments are fine. They are globally diversified, low cost. They should be fine. How do I do that? Mm. How do I do that for the man in the street? Mm. Right? So I think that's the, the tough part. I, I cannot imagine CPA board becoming a licensed entity advising people. <laughs> I don't think any government will want to take that risk yeah. to uh, do that. So, so although we recommended that uh, 10 years ago uh, in the CPA advisory panel. It, until today, it's not out uh, out yet because it's a real challenge. Since, since we're at the topic, right, can you just do very quick, you know, um, elaboration on like mark to market, yeah. right? Like for, for so, so that people understand like, okay, okay. Your, your CPF money, what's the risk factors involved? Um, you mean what is, what yeah, is like, the meaning of mark to market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, mark to market simply means that okay, mark to market, right? Your <laughs> prices have to mark to the daily volatility, mm. right? So, for example, buying properties, real physical properties, there's no mark-to-market mm. because you, you, you don't see property prices fluctuating every second, every minute, right? Mm. So generally, people feel that buying properties can be quite safe because they don't feel the volatility. Mm. They think that buying equity is a lot riskier because every day you see the prices go, go up, up and go down. down. So that's what mark-to-market risk is all about. Mm. Yeah. So CPF money at this point in time does not subject to those things. Yeah, like I mean, because for CPF I mean, where is the CPF money invested in? It's simply invested into uh, the special Singapore government securities, mm. right? So actually, that's, that's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it right? Yeah, but people don't understand. <laughs> yeah, so, so today when we put our money in CPF, we don't experience the volatility. Mm. We, just, we are just interested in the 4%. Yeah, yeah. Right? Of course, with the special account going to be closed next year, people have to then decide what to do with the special account money that is going to be transferred to the OA. If you're not happy with 2.5%, then they have to decide what to do with it. Okay. So, so what, are, what are viable options at this point in time? Maybe from your professional views, like with this money sitting around, you know, this extra money, like what, do you, what, do you, what will you do? I think the starting point is not about, okay, now it's in my OA and I'm getting 1.5% less. Let's go out there and look for the next product that can give me something better than four. Try and get back to four. I, th- I don't think that's the starting point. And I'm quite sure over the next few weeks, there'll, there'll be, be many lot, salespeople yeah. that will... No, I already see yeah. the ads already. The yeah. ads already coming. Right? Yeah, it's <laughs> so like, I've got a better option for yeah, you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's the starting point. I think the starting point first is to ask yourself, there have been uh, a special account today. What was your intent of the money in the special account in the first place? right? And there are generally three ways people use their money in the special account after 55. One, the first is that they use it, they straight away need to draw down. Quite unlikely, but let's say they, they, they straight away need to draw down. Before even this recording, I give some numbers, right? So let's assume that a person has 200,000 in the special account and this person needs to draw down day one after 55 years old, $3,000 per month adjusted for 3% inflation. 
I've done a quick calculation and it works out that this 200,000 will last about 5.7 years. Now, now this 200,000 has moved to OA getting 2.5%. Mm. Same drawdown, adjusted for 3% inflation. Instead of 5.7 years, the money will be completely expended in 5.5. This is just a few months. Yes, it's just like less than three months, right? So it's not really going to affect. But if you think that you want it to last really for 5.7 years, I don't know why, then you spend a bit lesser, Mm. right? Or you have other resources, then it doesn't affect you, Mm. right? Mm. So that's the first way people use their money in a special account. The second way is, well, they don't use the money. They keep it as reserves. They keep it for emergency. They're not going to touch it. If you're not going to touch it, it means you have got a slightly longer time horizon. Well, you can say you've got 200,000. You can keep 100,000 still in the ordinary account just to get 2.5, but you've got full liquidity. The 100,000, you can take a bit more risk. Say you put in a 60% equity, 40% bonds portfolio, you'll probably get about 4 to 5%, but you need to have a time horizon of at least about eight years for it to write out all the volatilities. And then the third use of the money in the special account might be that actually you don't need the money now. You only need it 10 years later. Mm. But you've got a 10-year time horizon. Mm. Then you can decide then now that the money is in the OA, you can take it out and invest it. Mm. So it depends on what was the original use of this money. Then you decide what to do. But having said all this, we have been so far discussing about rational decisions. What is the best financial decisions? Mm. But... Mm the best financial decision is not always the one that gives you the highest return. The best financial decision is the one that gives you that peace of mind that you can sleep. Right? So after we discuss all this, and yes, maybe you can invest in something <laughs> that give you more than 2.5% or 4% or whatever, <laughs> but you're not going to be able to sleep in peace because in the past, you're getting 4% without any nightmares. No risk. Yeah, yeah. Government tahan this thing. Yeah, yeah. Then After 55, you it. want to have a simpler life. Right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe it would be that I can't change the rule now, right? So maybe is that I accept it and I say that, okay, I'm just getting 1.5% lesser. I just spend a little bit lesser. I just want to worry about what's going to happen to the world. Mm. So yes, I've given like financial <laughs> options, but at the end, you've got to test it with, are you comfortable with investing the money away? Mm-hmm. Fair, fair, fair. What, what about for the Malay Muslim community? Any special requirements on this? For us, like I mentioned uh, before this, that we we as uh, Muslims, we have the religious requirement, mm. which is we have to invest in a Sharia compliant manner. Yeah. Currently, uh, the fatwa, which is the religious decree that uh, the Islamic Religious Council in Singapore, the Mufti, I think you know, the religious mm. head of the Muslim, has mentioned that it is allowed, you know, it is a Sharia compliant to actually to place your money in CPF. So CPF got no religious issue. Mm. So by taking out this special account, then that's why I say there is this gap that now, I don't have additional option that yeah. I can have more. But then again, like you mentioned rightly, lah, you know, at 55, it will not create many differences. You can might as well just put it the ordinary account. Or you might want to take out and invest in a Sharia compliant manner. But usually uh, in Singapore, it is very limited. The option of a Sharia compliant compliant investment is very limited. Mm. It's very limited. If you compare to our neighboring country like Malaysia, they have a lot mm. of options. Because at 55, you have to manage the risk. Mm. 
Mm. You want to have something like, you know, at least protected in that sense. So mm. like like fixed income, the at most you have the Maybank, you know, Sukuk, which is Sharia compliant. Again, the pricing is volatile. Now bonds are not so, you know. So it's mm. it's it's a, a additional requirement by the Muslim lah to ensure that uh, it is Sharia compliant and good enough that uh, CPF is Sharia compliant according to the fatwa because mm. of awesome. uh, the the government you know yeah. uh, intention of having the fund for retirement and uh, for uh, for for the, the particular purpose mm. lah. Okay. So, so the alternative is that they can also top up their retirement account. Uh. Yeah, 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 correct. So we don't make yeah. it sound like this is the end, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, not, no, to be yeah. fair, the, the 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 CPF life is a is a thing. Except right? that know, yeah. they have to be prepared to lose liquidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't take any time, and even yeah. even the retirement account interest rate is. I, I I don't know whether people remember this, but the retirement account interest rate is not guaranteed, right? I mean, since two thousand and eight, it's been packed to the ten year Singapore government security. The average yield of the ten year Singapore government securities plus one percent. It's not guaranteed, and every year. When they when they make this change in two thousand and eight, they guaranteed at, at least four percent, but reviewed regularly. Mm. And that's why every year you hear CPF board announcing and say, "Okay, it's still going to be guaranteed." Right. Yeah. So even though they top out their RA, firstly, uh, they have to understand that they will lose liquidity. Plus, they may not always get four, five, six percent because uh, the, they may review and not guarantee that four percent base anymore. Mm, okay, yeah. interesting. But there's a new update on the policy, right? Essentially, with I mean, CPF CPF life is not new, but ERS has been increased, right? So oh, may, maybe okay. any any thoughts on 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 those things? So it's not surprising that um, we've seen this happen at the same time. Um, so as at the same time as the CPF SA. Uh, will disappear for those um, age 55 and above. The enhanced retirement sum has now gone up uh, from, or will go up from three times the basic retirement sum to four times. And you could argue that, in fact, there is no reason for the government to necessarily cap it forever at four times the BRS. And just as the BRS will be going up, it could be that the multiple for the enhanced retirement sum also goes up to ensure the coverage that the CPF system uh, provides for Singaporeans at higher levels of savings, CPF savings, that coverage is extended to them. The protection, the risk-adjusted returns that you get from CPF right, are then extended to more Singaporeans. The desire for the CPF system to be progressive, such that the benefit accrues more to the less well-off, is there. But there is merit, I would suggest, in the CPF system being larger to encompass all of us. This risk pool, and you can imagine this to be one of the largest investment risk pools in the world. And the more we Singaporeans, few of us as they are um, within a global context, can put all our monies in the same investment risk pool, the better. Mm. It will help. Whatever a rich person puts in will help the poorer yeah. amongst mm. us, mm-hmm. right? Because that pool is capable of being invested in more things much more diversification, which reduces your um, portfolio risk. It also extends the duration of the potential investments, 
which again enhance your return. You are allowed, therefore, to go into illiquid, more illiquid investments because you are investing as a big pool, right? And the context of Singapore's demographics, very important here. We are a rapidly aging population. And when you have a rapidly aging population, the liquidity needs of the older persons in that society will rise mm. and will rise more quickly. So at the same time, if you're an investment manager of a scheme where your clients, your investors are demanding more and more liquidity, again, you know, I think Chris Tan alluded, it, uh, alluded to it earlier, right? This idea that your risk-adjusted returns can no longer sustain at those high levels as you had in the past when you were investing for the long term, any professional investment manager would then have to move into more liquid investments, which bring you down the return curve. That is a reason why that lifetime retirement income scheme has not taken off because I would suggest that operationally, very few uh, commercial providers of fund management services would dare to take on that contract, right? Mm. They would not be able to deliver in the same way that the CPF system delivers for our Singaporeans. Nice. Okay, so so in other words, you believe, because at this point in time, CPF Life is the only pure play annuity program, right? In, in the market and you believe that you know for the foreseeable future it will still be the only one because of the structure that it is yep I actually wrote a paper um, in 2015 uh, which um, essentially sets that out the CPF scheme offers today the best risk adjusted return uh, in the market mm. right bar none I, I think you, you try to make a case for not capping the ERS right mm. in, in what you just said but then why is there a current cap in the ERS? That was put in place, again, to give the impression of progressivity, oh. right? Such that um, the system is geared and targeted um, to cater to the needs of the, um, the, the bottom two quintiles. That's mm. basically 40th percentile. Anything above that, the expectation was that you should be wealthy enough, you should have enough resources to Hello go and do yourself. it yourself. Mm. Right. But because of um, the size of the Singapore market, the fact that a lot of Singaporeans' wealth is tied up in their home, which is not a bad thing, right? But it does create bias towards real estate, mm. right? Um, and not enough for Singaporeans, especially in that middle group of financial investments, mm. financial assets from which they could use then to invest, mm. right? And the market. The private market is not therefore developed enough to cater for that. Yep. So we don't have those products mm. um, in, in, in this um, context in, in Singapore. Right. Added to which, of course, um, Shamsia, you talked about the Malay, uh, the Muslim Malay community, community. Uh, which wouldn't ordinarily be able to invest in the, you know, the traditional type of investments that would be haram, yeah, yeah. right? Non-Sharia compliant. Yeah. The question that you asked intrigued me. Why does the government actually cap at that 400 over 1,000? Mm. Why doesn't it just, you know, mm. as, as much as possible? So, yeah. is there actually, I'm not sure whether in the panel you have some answer, maybe Chris, there is a form of subsidy that the government is giving, one. Mm. 
Or of course, I think the second reason is maybe to uh, encourage the other market, you know, uh, the investors, private, uh, uh, private participation market in to the actually, market. yeah, okay. participation yeah. in the okay. market. If yeah. not, the government will, you know, monopolize all the investment because people see that, okay, you know, I can uh, max my, re- because, you know, you can get the maximum amount mm. And that is not also the policy of the CPF to, you know, to cater for the very rich, the mm. ultra rich, maybe mm. to put everything in because there's no cap. They put 1 million, 2 million in their mm, mm, mm. ERS and get um, yeah. like a trust yeah. account then. You know, Actually, there's a lot of caps. 20,000. Yeah. yeah, a lot of caps, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you're like the CPF whisperer now. So. Yeah, I'm not. Like, so, so I'm going to give an answer <laughs> that is definitely not from CPF. <laughs> but there are a lot of caps, yeah. right? There is a salary cap. In the past yeah. was six thousand. It's going to be raised oh, yeah, to eight thousand by twenty twenty six, right? Mm. Uh, this year I think is uh, seven thousand eight, if I'm not wrong. Mm. So that's th- that's one cap, and then they cap you if you want to top up your special account to the full retirement sum. Mm. And then there is a uh, thirty seven thousand seven hundred forty cap for your that contribution. Is, yeah. Total con- your total work contribution from oh. employer employee cannot yeah. exceed thirty seven thousand seven hundred and forty, and then there is a ERS ERS cap. Last time three times of basic retirement, oh. and now four yeah. times. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So firstly, I want to dispel this myth that the government is trying to lock up your money and they want to lock up as much as possible because if they want to lock up as much as possible, there shouldn't be all this okay. cap. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. They should just yeah. take as much as you want yes. to put in, right? Yes. And use it and, and I don't know, make an income for themselves. So that's the first myth. Yeah. But why is there a cap? And this is my, my, my opinion. It's not from CPF. I'm thinking of myself as a fund manager. Today, if I have a product that can give 4% and for RA, it's 4, 5, 6%. Uh. Right? First, 30,000, 6%. Yeah. Second 30,000, 5%, the remaining 4%. There is guaranteed capital. It's quite scary. And I must test a, my system first. <laughs> no, and there is also a cost in doing that because regardless of how the market perform, they have to pay this interest. Mm. Yeah. Regardless of how GIC perform, mm. every year CPF board is going to go to the government and say, look guys, your, your special Singapore government securities promised me this yeah, yeah. percent, right? And where is the government going to find the money from if the market is not doing well mm. and... Right, so I I don't know maybe maybe so here's the yeah, answer. they're hedging yeah. their risk lah uh, in that uh, sense. So yeah. I'll if I'm a fund yeah. manager, so I'm not GIC, but if I'm fund mm. manager, I'll be quite scared to scared. keep on taking <laughs> money, right? And guaranteeing that you know that kind of yes, and guaranteeing return. that kind of uh, return, return, right? Mm. So I mean that's just my thought. That's why my friends in GIC are very stressed. <laughs> yeah, please. Any thoughts there? It is precisely that reason. I I think um if we think about it uh from the risk pooling perspective. We come back to this idea. Um, I, I would suggest that there is merit um, in us continuing to update what we think is a fair level for us to, you know, go up to to enjoy the um, the coverage that we get from this national yeah, risk pooling system. Right? Uh, we do this and we invest in all 
together, rich and less well-off. We all do this together. You know, the idea of a subsidy, we subsidize each other. When we contribute to CPF, we lock up our money. Again, this idea of locking up our money for our retirement. We're doing this all together through the CPF system. Uh, so I think Cherish value the CPF system as it should be. We should be able to put in more, right, if we want to. Chris Tan said just now that the retirement account return is not a guaranteed one. So if in fact, in future, um, the pressure on returns is that so much that it, it starts to uh, drop um, and that 4% is unsustainable, then it can be revised lower. But it's revised lower for everybody that's put in into the system. It's still and still would be seen as fair. Of course, there is still that high pressure on the fund manager in this case, GIC, and the other managers of the sovereign wealth funds to perform. But shouldn't they, as public servants, doing this for all of us, have that responsibility? I, I would say um, that is an honor. Uh, it is a responsibility. But because we do it all for each other, we should have that understanding. I can tell uh, a lot of people here are very pro-CPF. <laughs> <laughs> it, which is which is not a bad thing, right? But I want to you know play the other side, right? Just to kind of throw some of the questions that people commonly will say, right? And then just kind of get your response on on what do you think? What do you think of these things, right? Essentially, CPF has evolved over time, right? And yeah, so so the, the system changes, right? With 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 like this recent change and RA being updated, you know, previously and CPF Live being introduced, you know, so a, a lot of the changes happen over time, right? And to some people, when they're talking about planning with CPF money, they'd be like, this one cannot trust one, right? Every 10 years got some change, you know, keep changing, keep changing, you know? So it's like, it's like you sign up for, for something, you want to know that it's, it's going to be like that in 30 years time. Mm -hmm. But the track record of CPF is it has been changing, Right. So, so any any thoughts on that? So, I think uh, what would be helpful uh, for listeners, uh, for all of us, really, um, is to have the right advice to get an understanding that systems are not static forever. And whilst, again, I think you alluded to us being. Um, mostly fans of and pro the <laughs> CPF system. Hey, CPF, if you're listening, I'm also quite pro you. Uh. Relax. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> relax. Again, depends on the age group maybe uh, yeah, because yeah. you are almost like the younger generation will not be a fan. I think so. The idea is that this is a system that needs to evolve with the times and Therefore, from time to time, there will need to be some adjustments. If the underlying principles of the system are there, then I think one should be prepared for it. There is a logic for this recent change of removing the CPF special account for those aged 55 and above. That logic has well stated in the uh, MOF statement uh, that came out on Friday night. And if you can understand the logic behind that, as you should, then things like the shielding sort of concerns, right, uh, or about those that have shielded um, and now figuring out what the heck to do, those aren't and should not be seen as sort of really affecting the long-term decision-making. Because if you understand CPF, 
as that retirement account, then one should be prepared to, to you know, not have that liquidity and say, well, okay, I'm going to park it. I'm going to lock it up and end up enjoying the benefit of that security, peace of mind mm. when I actually do retire and I need the money. If we look at the major changes of CPF over the years, I mean, CPF started since July of 1955. Over the last few decades, what are some of the big changes that people remember and are unhappy about? I remember when my late father was 55 years old, uh, he could take out every single cent from CPF when he was 55. Hmm. Then the government introduced the minimum sum scheme. <laughs> and the reason for introducing the minimum sum scheme is to make sure that people don't squander away the CPF at 55 years old and then they can start to draw down at age, from age 62 for about 20 years until about 82 years old. So that during that period of time, at least they have an income stream to take care of them. And then, of course, we push the drawdown age to start from 65 instead of 62. And people got upset with it, right? Because now you're pushing the goalposts, right? But of course, the reason is because of longer life expectancy. Hmm. So therefore, we got to delay the withdrawal. And then we introduce CPF life at the same time. But the way CPF life, I always have to say that the life is an acronym. It's lifelong income for the elderly. It is introduced so that if you live beyond even 85 or 90 years old, you got an annuity payout. So these are the major changes. And I guess before we get angry about the changes, we got to look at the reasons for the change. And the truth is, even if you plan for yourself, today you do financial planning for yourself with any advisors out there, things change. The markets change. The world change. Impossible to say, don't change, you know. Just mm. keep things as they are because the world will change. Mm. And the one last thing I'll say is that uh, when I spent two years with the CPA advisory panel as a volunteer, uh, I'm not from the government. Uh, we introduced quite a bit of things during our discussion. But I realized that the government is actually quite careful with change. It's not that whatever we introduce, <laughs> they, will, they, they take it wholesale, you know. In fact, a lot of our suggestions that we suggested, the government had to think twice before they even agree with it. So actually, the government is even... They are even more worried about changing the CPF system more than we hate it. Yeah, you know yeah. why? Because they know that with every change, their electorate will get very it is upset. Right? Politically so, expensive. Right. They, they, yeah. And and even this uh, special account being removed in that few seconds when that chat group that I was in became <laughs> ballistic, there were already people saying like. The next election, we are not going to vote for <laughs> the PAP, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that, right? So it's not as if the government, they don't know that, yeah, right? Yeah. So I would say that, and I'm not saying this for the government, I'm saying this for myself when I was in the panel, we are quite careful with the change that we recommend. We only do it when we think that, we think it's really important and relevant for the population, um, the government won't change it anyhow because they know it can be a very costly mistake. It's politically expensive. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think I agree with a lot of the angst come from when they change, you can't withdraw your money. The public out there always think that this is my money. Why is the government yeah, holding yeah. it back? And they are holding it longer and longer and longer. 
Of course, uh, you know, the government is always seen like uh, the big, uh, you know, daddy and mommy kind of, you know, trying to settle the public's, uh, our citizens' life. Lah. This is my money. I know what to do with my money. Yeah. Why are you holding it back? Yeah, yeah. That's and, a narrative. And, a lot of people oh, think yeah, like yeah. that. And yeah, then uh, yeah. you you increase the retirement account. No? Uh, last time was only 100 and how many thousand and yeah. then it becomes uh, 180 now, 200,000. Yeah. You have to put aside... Uh, I can't even, you know, I can't even manage my daily life. Uh, the money which is, I'm, uh, you know, financially, I, I'm not able to cover a lot of my expenses. And now you are putting so much in my retirement that uh, I have to live now. You're yeah. talking about uh, extended lifespan, but I think uh, if I don't have money by 60, I die already. <laughs> <laughs> no, <but laughs> this, is a, this is a narrative that is yeah. on the ground, right? So, People think so, like that. Uh, yeah. Of course, um, as as parents also, you know, we we that's why the government is looking at... Um, At, uh, at the whole uh, citizens uh, and they look at the lifespan which mm. is right because I see I've, I've I've seen some of the people who get actually 55 they get mm. last time lah they get their money Yeah, they go to Batam finish all the money <laughs> <laughs> go to Batam and yeah. then so because buy a car with it. Uh, or they buy a car and then uh You know, people don't know how to manage and then it becomes the government problem sometimes because yeah. they don't have any savings. You know, when I was with the CBI advisory panel, we have to do many focus group discussions. <laughs> This is included. <laughs> yeah, no, so, Batam struggle. No, 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 no. It's one of the so I, was with, I was with one of these focus group discussions and I was this gentleman who came to me and mm. he said, you are from the government. I said, no, I'm not from government. Mm. I'm a volunteer. And he said, no, no, you are from the government. <laughs> I said, I'm not. I said, no, you are. They said, okay, I am. <laughs> I said, okay, forget it. What is it okay, that you want to tell you me? Want, say, yeah. So he said this. He uh. said, you go and tell your friends that if they are afraid that I will squander my money mm. away, let me start, he spoke to me in Hokkien, by the yeah. way, let me start a contract with the government. If I squander my money away, okay, I will not go to a government and ask for help and they don't need to help me. Mm. I will sleep <laughs> on the street. They will not need to house me. So that's what he said wow. to me. And of course, I realized there is no point trying to explain because he wasn't interested to listen and all he wanted to do was to slam me. But the truth is that it's not so simple. If today you really squander the money and you really don't deserve to be helped, do you think that as a society we will let you sleep on the street? We wouldn't. It's not because we love you. <laughs> It is because we have to keep you off the street because if there are a lot of homeless people on the street which some countries we have been and we have seen it. Yeah. People come, they don't feel safe, mm. right? And it's an ugly side for the branding of Singapore is not very good. Mm. It just doesn't do very well for our country, right? Mm. As a whole. So we have to house you. And when we house you, who pay for it? The taxpayer pay for it, right? Mm. We all pay for it, right? And is it fair that for people who are very responsible with their money, they pay for someone who, was, who is not responsible and squander away the money. It's not fair, right? Mm. So it's not as simple as, no, no, you don't have to take care of me. If I squander away the money, you don't have to take care of money. And we can't sign individual contract with <laughs> people, right? Because it's a policy. I cannot look at Christopher G and say, yeah, I think you're not going to yeah, ever go Batam and squander you, the money away. So you're fine. You right? So you're fine. You can take the money, right? <laughs> you, you look like the kind. Yeah, that will squander the money away. <laughs> Right, so it can't be. Unfortunately, it can't. Uh, it can't be like that. Okay, yeah. okay. But that's a real story. By the yeah, way, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Chris, you had a reaction. It's not not because we love you. That's what you said. And you'll be like, <laughs> it's how we treat each other. Mm. How we expect each other to be treated. Mm. Um, those that have gone through good times 
and those in this case, uh, you know, anticipating a situation that didn't work out as he th- thought it might. Um, him having squandered the the amounts or, or just lost it, yeah, even yeah. not for, for any of his genuine his fault, reasons. Genuine reasons. Um, we end up with Singaporeans like that. Do we want to treat fellow Singaporeans like that? True. And True. and that is our social compact, mm. right? What do we want for each other, mm. right now? and in our old age. And if we don't want to, then we cannot engineer something that could lead to some of us being in that kind of situation. Maybe let's just move the discussion a little bit to talk about then, what is a good retirement in Singapore? Right, because we, we, we spend a lot of time to talk about like this structure that is, is out there, mm. CPF as an anchor of how Singapore, the government of the day, plans for retirement for everyone on some level. Um, then what is considered a good retirement? Like, what does it mean to retire in Singapore and have a good life? I think it's different for different people. Mm. What yeah. is a good life or retirement for them? Mm. But for me, I like to define it this way. It's not my definition. It's taken from a book called Repacking Your Bags. But I like the definition, so I'm going to borrow it. And it is that I can live in a place where I belong with the people I love, doing the right work on purpose. So for me, in my retirement, if I can live in a place where I belong, and I hope that's Singapore. I don't want to live in a country where I was born and I feel less and less belonging with the people I love because at the end of the day, it would be friends and family members. I mean, you can go to a nice country with beautiful sites and all that, but if your friends and families are not there, if your community is is not there, then I wouldn't consider that to be a good retirement life. I hope to be doing meaningful work. May not be for income, but it's work that is meaningful, intellectually, engaging, contributing to the society but on a very purposeful manner. So if I can do that, I would say that that would be a good life and that would be a good retirement life for me. So are the Singapore systems getting better at helping you achieve this or is it getting worse? It's a very dangerous answer. To uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me personally, in the past, I would, I'm a very loyal Singaporean. I served NS until two years ago for 31 years. I love my country a lot. And in the past, I, I would say I will never leave Singapore. Mm. Yeah, but as I get older, I find that it's getting harder to stay here. And it's just personal. I find it's getting very crowded for me. Mm. Yeah, so, and along the way, of course, you lose friends. And so, and, and my parents are gone now. I have a small family. So the place where it belongs is starting to change uh, for me. Yeah, but for me, I hope not. I hope to still remain in Singapore because, like I say, it is the country that I love. I love enough to serve national service for more than three decades. I think longer than uh, most people. Yeah. yeah, so I hope that this will be the place that I, 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 I can stay. Okay, I think I, I, I share the same sentiment with Chris. Well, in the sense, friendly, so yeah. All in the, the sense sentiment. that because... Uh, yeah, all lawyers are yeah, so, yeah. No, no, you're talking Sponsored about... NDP, no, yeah. you're talking about uh, financials here, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't want to define retirement as just financial. Mm-hmm. But inflation and all everything is getting expensive it's very practical right we want to have a certain basic necessity when we retire so when we are we want to age gracefully so health concern i think singapore is trying to do that to make it a more uh, a more healthy um lifestyle in that mm. sense like there's more parks i love to you know um jog at the beach, I stayed near Pasi Race. So, 
uh, I love it because uh, you know I have this this morning rituals that I can do mm. and 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 seeing the sunset even mm. at my doorstep. So it's like a very privilege. I don't have to go to Thailand or what you know, but it's it's right at my doorstep and I can do this. And uh, I really like that they are looking at uh, having more parks, having more uh, elderly, you know. Mm. But uh, inflation and crowdedness, trying to achieve this materialistic. Uh, achievement uh, has like when, when you get older these are not things that you want to you know crave for yeah. mm-hmm. you want a simple life mm-hmm. you want something that you know okay at least you know I have a roof under my head I can still go to Yakun Kaya take the toes no, you know hard, very expensive uh, Yakun control uh, your no. price uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if the coffee uh, yeah. is too expensive <laughs> then you know you cannot retire uh, yeah. gracefully and mm, nicely mm, mm. so I think it's it's very simple requirement yeah. by uh, even like you know for us Muslims mm. we are a minority, so we as long as we have a place of worship, we have the mosque, mm. we can do you know the religious thing that we required, and of course like I mentioned the financial uh, we would want it to be expanded lah. People are asking also. Mm, and mm. there is very very little sharia compliant, uh, sharia compliant product yeah, here yeah. La. Mm. very very little like yeah. last time there used to be McDonald's halal la. I remember mm. I that time I was in Victoria JC mm. so McDonald's go halal everybody all the Muslim are go already <laughs> because now we now can eat fast food as long as these things are available then mm. uh, true it, Yeah, like you say, it belongs. Mm. Yeah, it belongs yeah. to the But place. But Pasir is really getting very dense. Yes, The last 10 correct. years, there are a lot of new blocks in the area. Yes, there's too many condominiums. Mm, mm. uh, and housing is another very big problem, problem big for problem. the young generation, yeah, for yeah. my kids also. Yeah, yeah. that is another season of podcast. Yeah, a lot of yeah. things to talk about. Yes, so yes. you're talking about retirement. We are fortunate we are at this age. We passed that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh, we, we are the baby boomers. We had the privilege to buy our first HDB flat. Yeah. Not so at a very expensive yeah. Yeah, we, we are fortunate we are the baby boomers. So it's yeah, a different yeah. stage of life. Okay, so for so the young, you can pay more tax than uh, <laughs> you know. Support <laughs> us, okay? Support the next generation. Yeah, yeah. But what what about you? What what is a good quality of life, Chris? So I think um, if I had to distill it down to a, a concept, mm. right, of what would be a good uh, retirement is sense of independence, mm. and we're talking about finances here. So that financial independence, freedom from worry about mm. being dependent on somebody else, mm. that I can rely on my financial position to pay for my needs, whatever those are, right? Mm. And of course, you know, we can't say what is the, you know, the the need, what are the needs of every single Singaporean, mm. but you know, for any one of us, mm. um, what is that level of that that would assure me some independence to make the decisions that mm. we want to make, mm. right? To yeah. be able to make at whatever stage of our life, but, you know, particularly once we're no longer working. Mm. So I think um, that would sum it up for me, mm. right? Having that space, mm. that ability to uh, freedom from worry about not having enough, mm. not being able to make the decisions that I would like to make at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have enough money. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your yeah. time. Yeah. I love the discussion. I think there's a lot more to discuss about retirement, housing, and all those things. And uh, maybe mm. we'll have another installation. So yes. Thank you. And thank I you. wish you all the best. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, everyone. Yeah.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.